0: Well, when Pastor Steve asked me to speak for this evening's service, I was very humbled, and uh, I was surprised. But uh, it's a little risky for a a pastor to turn his pulpit over to somebody new, because he might not know what they're going to say. But he knows pretty much what I'm going to talk about tonight already, so that's good. Uh, And he also gave me a time when it's uh, very—my job's pretty easy. Thanksgiving is a wonderful time of year, so we don't uh, have—I mean, I can—I don't think I can mess this up too badly. But if it had been something controversial, I might have just, you know, taken off for a while and said, no, I don't think I could do that. But uh, I hope that what I have to say will enrich your hearts and draw you closer to God. I tell you, when you prepare something, as I tell my residents when I trying to teach them things, you know, when you prepare, you are the one who learns the most. And I'm blessed probably more than all of you just because of all the time in, in reading God's Word and praying about this and going through this but I pray that this will be something that you'll enjoy as well. So about Thanksgiving, it's a time when we do say thank you, and we're supposed to be thankful. But when we say thank you, what's in it for us? And you may say, that seems a little presumptive. Um, But something good happens in your lives, we should be saying, thank you, God, you know, when you're at school, or you're here at church, and you hear something, you learn something new from the pastor. Uh, we should be saying, or at least thinking, "Thank you, God." He probably wouldn't mind it if you said, "Thank you, God," once in a while, <laughs> or put your hand in the air. Um, but in the Old Testament, you know, God's people were told to sacrifice to Him. There are lots of different kinds of sacrifices. There were offerings for peace. There were free will offerings, there were sin offerings, and those sin offerings were intended to atone for sins that the Israelites had already committed, not for sins they were going to commit. So there were things that they had already done. What I want to talk about tonight first is a thank offering. This was a sacrifice given for thanksgiving. And when you—so uh, this verse is Le- Leviticus twenty-two twenty-nine. 29. I don't need you to, to learn to turn to it. We're going to have it on the slides, and I'll read it for you. So when you sacrifice a thank offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted. Back to my question. What's in it for us? Well, one type of person, the one who expects to receive things— They take this offering, they put it up on the altar, and they take out the notebook and go, check, done, got that one out of the way. Is that what God wants us to do? Is that what he expected the Israelites to do, to just check off what they were supposed to do? Well, let's look at the verse just a little closer. It says, when you sacrifice, not if you sacrifice. God expected them to sacrifice. He expected them to give this thank offering and you know we are expected also to give thanks but i don't think that the people of god always understood what they were expected to do but when we love god we know that he loves us when we know god we know that he intends good things for us even in the toughest circumstances and and a lot of us have seen some very tough circumstances and yet we are to be thankful it isn't easy to be thankful for everything, but God has given us his grace, and he has goodness and he intends good things for us. And you may say, okay, that's the Old Testament. We don't have to deal with the law. We don't have to do sacrifices anymore. All right? Well, in the New Testament, we can turn to that in a minute. The word thank and thanks and thanksgiving occur about 70 times, and it's the Lord himself... Who is giving thanks. The Lord gave thanks before he fed the 5,000. He gave thanks before he broke the bread and passed the food around for the 4,000. He, bro- he gave thanks to the Father before he broke the bread and passed the cup at the Last Supper. You know, the word in the New Testament, and I think I have you skip another slide here. Go to the next one, please. No, the next one. I don't know. Maybe I left this one out. All right. I think I did. So just go ahead and back up. In the New Testament, the word thanksgiving comes from a Greek word. It's actually in the, in the Greek translation, eucharisto. And that means, that comes into the word that we use, eucharist. And eucharist is the sacrament of communion. So communion isn't just a time of reflection, which it should be. It's not just a time to think about the sins that we may have committed and ask God's forgiveness. It is that too. But it's a time of thanksgiving. We are to give thanks to God, and we're going to do that tonight. We have communion tonight. So when, you're doing, when you are participating in the sacrament, be giving thanks. It's a wonderful thing. Now, Thanksgiving is also a time when we're supposed to remember our roots. Well, I'm very thankful that my ancestors were forced to come to this country, or perhaps they, some of them came voluntarily. Most of us, if not all of us, were at one point immigrants into this country. So we should remember that time. And the first Thanksgiving we've taught were taught was from the, with the Pilgrims. And think of all the adversity they suffered to get here, and they celebrated. Thanksgiving. They were in celebration, not for necessarily the things to come, but for what they had already received. So we can be think, thinking of the same things. And yet they faced a great deal of hardship, both before and after that. Okay, there is another verse I would like to have us read, and I'll read this one to you, but it's Luke 17, 11 to 19. It's longer, so if you want to take out a few Bible... Turn to page 1,050. You can follow along as I read it to you. This is the story of the ten lepers. And I think you're probably familiar with it, but, you know, just like every other story in the Bible, when you read it from the Bible again and again and again, you see things you might not have seen the first time. So that's a good thing to do. Read the Bible. Okay. Verse 11, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They might have known Jesus was coming. Maybe this was near a leprous village. We don't know for sure. But they were all together, and they weren't afraid, and they called out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. His reputation had preceded him. So these ten lepers were right here talking to Jesus. The law said they were supposed to say, Unclean, unclean. And stay a long ways away, run away from people. They weren't supposed to be anywhere near him. So they weren't following the law. And yet Jesus told them, before they asked anything else of him, go to the priests and you'll be healed. And they were healed as they went. Now, like the pastor said, I'm a doctor. And I can treat leprosy. But if I'm going to treat leprosy, I have to write a prescription, hand it to the patient, probably wearing gloves, and say, take this to the pharmacy. And they have to take it to a pharmacy, get the prescription, fill it, and then take the medicine regularly until they're healed. That can take weeks. And they have to make it to the pharmacy, and they have to do what they're told. Now, these 10 did what they were told. They were told to go to the priest. He didn't say they had to get there. He didn't say the priests would heal them. He just said, go. And they were all healed as they went. But only one returned. Nine were healed, one returned, and he was healed also. But what did Jesus say differently about him? He said, where are the other nine? And they were all healed. And I believe they were healed physically, but I don't know where they were spiritually spiritually. They didn't give thanks to God. They just, they were happy. They no longer had to run around saying unclean, but they weren't healed spiritually. When Jesus talked with the one foreigner who returned, he said, you're healed. Your faith has made you well. And we know when Jesus talked about healing, a lot of times it wasn't just the physical. He talked about the heart. Saying thank you is a blessing. Saying thank you to other people is a blessing to the the person who gave you something. It's also a blessing and healing to you. God wants us to be thankful. Do we gain anything from being thankful? I believe our attitude toward God affects our heart. If we're angry or worried, then our heart is troubled. And what did Jesus say to his disciples when their hearts were troubled? He He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I have a couple more verses, Colossians 3.15, and I'll read that for you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you have been called to peace. And be thankful. God wants peace in our hearts. How often have we watched the news lately and have felt peaceful from that? How often have you read in the newspaper things like, you know, what's going on in the state, what's going on in the world, and felt peace from that. Peace comes from God. He can put that peace in your heart even as we read bad news. Let's take a look at another verse, Proverbs sixteen twenty-four. Gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. One of my favorite verses. You know, I think of thankfulness and giving thanks and saying thanks as some of those gracious words. They're sweet to God, they're healing to us. And this is where science actually confirms Scripture. Because honey, the honeycomb that's spoken about here, is actually a very, has a lot of healing properties. For thousands of years, healers have used honey to heal wounds. In fact, if you eat honey, it stimulates your immune system, and it may help a little bit with certain things that you might, you know, need, to, uh, need treatment for. Scientists are studying honey for its healing properties because we are, frankly, running out of ways to heal things. Now, on the other hand, honey is sugar, and we do have to be a little careful about eating too much of that. It's the healing property of the honey that's referred to in the proverb. When we're thankful giving those gracious words, thank you, God, back to Him, we're healed. It's those gracious words that are healing. It's a sweet moment. So what's in it for us? Giving thanks to God can bring about a healed relationship with Him. Giving thanks to God puts our hearts in a healthy state and making us thankful to others around us. Giving thanks to God prepares our hearts for the gift of salvation that he has given us. How much more will we celebrate Christmas if we go into the celebration time with thanksgiving and thankfulness in our hearts? Not asking what's in it for us, but giving thanks to God for what he's already done. Amen.